Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 105 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Second hour of the show today, we'll hear from John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers as well as Al Hamilton about the Al Hamilton Scholarship, which is awarded annually to students in northern Alberta who excel in academics, athletics, and community service. Second Hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. We will get to some text on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630 with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. They're one of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, Brendan Escott, at Brendan Escott. And without further ado, off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We welcome uh, back to the show, John Shannon. Hi, John. How you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Uh, good, good, good. We'll get to your Arizona news in a second. There isn't a lot of news at this time, or is there, on the Oilers' uh, coaching situation? Well, not officially. I mean, I, I think that what we're seeing now is that uh, now that the amateur and the pro meetings that uh, Kenny Holland did over the last few days are over, I think that his focus is changing back to getting that coach he wants. And uh, uh, I was originally told there would be a list of four. I think that list grew to about eight guys. Uh, and obviously Kenny's whittling it down with the hope that in the next seven days he has a new coach. Uh, what I can say is I do know he's supposed to meet uh, with Dave Tippett uh, in Vancouver at the end of the week. All right. So is Dave a front runner in your opinion, for the job? I, you know, from everyone I've talked to and, and, and all the stories, it sounds like, uh, yes, he is the, the uh, number one candidate at this point. Uh, you know, Kenny has put a lot of emphasis on NHL experience. Uh, Scott Gordon is on the list, the guy who took over for the Flyers. John Stevens, the former Flyers and Kings coach, uh, is uh, on that list as well. Todd Richards, uh, I was led to believe, was on uh, the list at some point, who uh, has been working the last couple of years in Tampa after being a head coach in Minnesota and in Columbus. Lane Lambert? Lane Lambert's on the list, uh, as, as I understand it. Uh, the, the, the one name that uh, doesn't have NHL experience that is on the list uh, that has impressed a lot of people, not just in Edmonton, but in a few other cities like Ottawa, is DJ Smith, who's the assistant coach with uh, uh, Mike Babcock uh, here in Toronto. Uh, now, DJ was with, uh, was he the head coach in Oshawa when they won the Memorial Cup a couple of years ago? He was. Yeah. And when uh, DJ Smith's team uh, with Anthony Sorelli on it beat Leon Dreisaitl's Kelowna Rockets. 
Yeah, well, maybe next time uh, Leon's coach will, you know, not have a guy that scored three goals playing left wing for the entire game during the course of that game. <laughs> uh, you know, okay. I, I'm, okay. so, I'm, sour. I'm sour. I'm sour, John. I'm sour, John, because that's the best. Uh, that's the best team the WHL. Like the Oil Kings won in 2014. Clone had a real good team. I mean, you have Drysaddle yeah. and Josh Morrissey, and, and Drysaddle sure. was the MVP in that tournament. And for the listeners that uh, don't remember, Kelowna lost two one in overtime, and I swear Kelowna killed their offense with some of the matchups that they went with and the uh, line combinations they went with. Um, but well, it was a, it was a it was a heck of a final game. Yeah, it was. And a, again, Anthony Sorelli scored both goals for Oshawa that day. And he can skate. He can fly. Um, so here here's the thing. Uh, you, you you mentioned a bunch of different guys. One guy who you did not mention, and I, I you know, we're hearing uh, uh, Todd Nelson. Uh, we're not hearing a lot about Todd over the course of the last week to ten days, and some people thought that might pick up after Dallas was eliminated for the playoffs. You think it's a byproduct of been there, done that uh, in Edmonton, or why do you think maybe we haven't heard a lot about Todd Nelson? That's a good question, and I mean, I think that there's a couple of assumptions you can make is perhaps the one you said been there done that uh the other one is is that kenny knows todd very well yep uh from his time in grand rapids and 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 perhaps feels strongly enough that that's not a direction he wants to go um i i, I don't want to put words in in kenny's mouth at all but uh uh, it's interesting that I've been told that Todd won't even get an interview at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things is, it's, I mean, the biggest thing that the Oilers can do to better their chances to make the playoffs is to give up fewer goals. I think we can agree on that. And that, um, that, that, that's, a, that's quite a revelation. Well, I, I have them on this show once in a while. <laughs> and I think that Todd's got a feel in terms of uh, how to handle players. Um, but there might be, I mean, Tippett's an interesting one. You, I mean, do you think the situation in Seattle's more appealing than Edmonton? Because there have been some people out there that have suggested that uh, they're not sure that Tippett's going to be, you know, I mean, he's got a, Tippett's got an option to play here too, doesn't he? To stay with the Seattle process that's going on? I, I think he does, but I, I, it, there certainly isn't, uh, I would I would put, put it uh, bluntly, the cash on the table that would be with an NHL team right. uh, to coach right now. And the other thing is that these guys are wired different than most. You know, it, it, you know if, you, if you decide to stick with, with the, the Seattle scenario, I mean, you're not going to be doing anything like, you, like you're normally doing it for two years. And, right. and you, you're going to be two years older, you know. And, and uh, what, would, what would Dave, David be, 61 or 62 years yes. old? Yes. Um, you know, so he, he, he's, you know, they, those guys are chomp at the bit. They want to get back into the game as quickly as they can. And I think we were all surprised all along that, that, that we found out that when Dave was, took the job in Seattle, he, the coaching wasn't on the resume at that point for him in Seattle. But we know he's interviewed in Buffalo. Uh, we know he's obviously talking to Kenny about the Edmonton job. So something has changed, and it probably is that he's got the itch again to get back behind a bench. Do you have the numbers range that Ralph Kruger got in, in, in the, the term? The three years at $4 million? All right. Does that affect what a guy like Dave Tippett would command on the market? Uh, that's a good question. I... I it, 
I don't. I don't know. I mean, Kenny would have to get a better feel for that. I mean, he he knows what he wants to pay a coach, uh, and that one is you know it's not collectively bargained. That's something that you deal with and you have an internal budget yes. for. And some people, Kenny may say, no, I'm not spending more than two million dollars on a coach or, or a million five on a coach at this point. Um, you, you know, but if you look at the list of people out there. Uh, you know, and what you want to do quickly with the Edmonton Oilers is that you need to put in defensive structure. Uh, you need to put in system that uh, re- that creates responsibility, particularly in the defensive zone. And, and Dave Tippett could do that. Um, you know, and, and the challenge for Tipp will be, if he gets the job, is how do you do all of that without putting too much of a harness on Connor and Leon? That's going to be the challenge for Dave Tippett, I think, is that it's not the defensive side of the game. It's how you still allow Connor McDavid to be Connor McDavid. Yeah, Dave has not coached the last two years. The final five years in Arizona, he didn't make the playoffs. Eight of the first nine years that he was an NHL head coach, he did. And a lot of people think that the job he did in Dallas, uh, getting as much as out of he did out of a veteran squad, was quite impressive. We're joined right now by John Shannon. John, the Oilers yesterday announced that uh, Dwayne Sutter uh, was uh, relieved of his duties. They also let J.J. Hebert, yeah. their PR guy, go. J.J. Uh, has been a big help to this show over the course of the last uh, 10 years. Um but uh, I want to speak specific to Sutter and Craig McTavish leaving the organization in the last week. Just your thoughts on that. Well, I, um, I think that uh, Craig um, saw when they went with, uh, with Kenny uh, that there was going to be a culture change. There was going to be a, a people change. Uh, and he made it easy on the organization because he went actively pursuing a coaching job. Uh, and so from that perspective, McTavish made it uh, quite uh, seamless for Ken Holland to say that Craig McTavish is, is moving on. Um, the, the Dwayne Sutter one is an interesting one because it also allows uh, the organization to perhaps properly treat Keith Gretzky uh, in creating a, a combo job, a, a half McTavish, half Sutter job somehow, some way. I'm not suggesting that that's a done deal, but I, I know that uh, there's a great deal of interest uh, by the organization to make sure that Keith is happy uh, with his new role, uh, and perhaps that's partly dealing with Bakersfield and partly uh, dealing in the scouting world. Uh, and uh, uh, there's there's a great deal of loyalty to Keith in, in all of this to make sure that Keith stays within the organization and stays happy. We're joined by John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 115 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. You put a tweet out in Arizona, which indirectly relates back to Dave Tippett, uh, because Andrew Barraway was brought in basically, and maybe you can educate our listeners. What exactly? Oh, gosh. What exactly? Gosh, this is hard. Right, yeah, like what exactly happened with Ice Edge that fast-tracked Andrew Barraway taking over that team in Arizona? So uh, there's there's two stories there. Andrew Barraway has been actively pursuing an NHL team for a long time, act- actively pursued. Was yeah. actually closer to buying the New Jersey Devils at one point. Okay. Uh, um, and and uh, he's a Philadelphia guy. We should mention that. Well, he's a, yeah, he's an East Coast guy. Uh, and and there are there are some there is a relationship with Gary Bettman uh, away from the world of hockey uh, at a certain point. 
Um, and the Ice Edge guys that were, were uh, originally a, a, a consortium of people like Anthony DeBlanc and Daryl Jones and Gary Hammond and uh, George, the late George Gosby, yep. um, and uh, up to 11 people that contributed money, uh, they actually purchased the team uh, and and then started to go and try to find partners without involving the commissioner. Uh, which, as if you know Mr. Bettman, as you do, Bob, you, you don't. Do uh, he would not be very happy about that. No. And so, in the meantime, what Bettman did then was uh, tried to create a a, a, a relationship with Barroway with the Ice Edge guys, and in the end, Barroway bought the, the Ice Edge guys out. And the Ice Edge guys, by the way, did very well financially <laughs> with their sale. Well, and didn't they? Were they getting? They, they, done with capital gains tax too because even though they were losing money in arizona the valuation of the team was going up and well i i'm, I'm not sure I, I all i know is that they, they they walked away with a lot more money than they put in okay well that's always a good uh, thing ask the yeah. ask the eig <laughs> that's that's uh, uh so so and and barraway ended up holding the bag and and truly ended up holding the bag because this team you know, it's it's uh, in the last four or five years, its losses have been, you know, quite large. Uh, they seem to be at turning the corner. They they sold a ton of tickets down the stretch as the team ran for the playoffs. Uh, it still did not make money, um, and you compound that with the the breakdown of trying to find a way to build a new building uh, in the uh, you know the in the Scottsdale Phoenix Glendale area. Uh, it's put a ton of pressure on Barraway, and therefore Barraway's been put in a position that he's now. Uh, I've been led to believe by a, you know a very good NHL source that the deal is close to coming to fruition, where Barraway would be the minority owner, and there would be a new ma- a majority owner of the hockey club uh, in uh, in Arizona. But do you have any idea who it is? Does anybody? No. It, it, the funny thing is, is that I. I'm, uh, you know, as soon as I started to ask for names, the, you know, the replies dried up. Mm. Uh, and uh, even on a local basis, uh, uh, in reaching out to some people, they have no clue either. But it, uh, I'm, I'm told that it has happened. It, 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 and this is an inevitability now that there will be a new owner sooner than later in, is it, in Phoenix. It, is it possible that owner might be based in Houston? No, it is not. Okay, thank you. Uh, you know, it is, it is not Mr. Fertitta. No. All right. Uh, John Shannon. John, uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers, Sportsnet, Hockey Day in Canada, of course, has the Stanley Cup final, the St. Louis Blues. And we talked all season and we brought up the fact that around the new year that the Oilers were not out of it at uh, whatever the record was. Uh, and, and I guess St. Louis going on the run and doing what they did is reinforce that, yes, the Oilers weren't out of it, though maybe St. Louis had a much better team that just needed to get going, but I don't think anybody saw Jordan Biddington. But if this doesn't reinforce, and the term Gary loves is competitive balance, he does not like the word mm-hmm. parity, as you know, uh, reinforce the competitive balance in the NHL, I don't know what does. Seeing a team go from last into the Stanley Cup final within a four-month run. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, this is storybook stuff. Um, and it does, in so many ways, starts with the dismissal of the coach uh, and then and then with, with Craig Berube taking over and then with the desperation. And, and quite frankly, Bob, it was desperation that they had put Jordan Bennington in goal. Uh, they had a couple of injuries and, 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 and put themselves in a spot where they said, well, we've, 
we better put somebody in there. And then somebody said, well, we've got Jordan Bennington. And probably half the organization said, who? Uh, but Bennington went in, won his first game in Philadelphia, um, and uh, has uh, never looked back and has really proved as a 25-year-old that he's he's as cool as a, cu- a cucumber. He's, you know, the, every cliche you want to do about cold, he's got ice water in his veins. Uh, and nothing seems to phase him. He's he, And he's played very good fundamental goaltending as this team seems to be now getting better and and what they've did what they've done in the playoffs in the six games against winnipeg the seven against dallas the six against uh, san jose is just relentless pursuit of the puck and the opposition and that's why most most of the teams coming out of the series are limping their way out of the series against the blues all right uh who do you got boston or st louis i like boston uh i i uh i I like their depth. I like Rask right now. Bennington's good. Rask is good. Uh, I, I like Charlie McAvoy. Uh, I, it's tough to argue with Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak. Both teams are really deep. Both teams have, have, have four lines that get used all the time. I do think Boston's faster, and I think they're just as physical, and I think the speed in the end will work wow. St. Louis. John, great stuff. Appreciate your time. We'll talk next Monday. Okay. Thanks. That's John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 122 at Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's 125 at Edmonton. Uh, this text comes to us from Epstein's mother. Bob, you've gone 90 minutes into the show and not mentioned the Raptors' victory last night. Did you not watch the game? Epstein's mother. I didn't watch a second of the game, okay? We had the Memorial Cup on. Prince Albert, out. Fourth straight year, WHL champion, loses all three games in the round robin at the Memorial Cup. And we had St. Louis and San Jose. No, I didn't watch the Raptors. Sorry, man. It's all good, okay? There were two other games that I was more interested in. It's all cool. But if basketball's your thing, and hey, I probably will be watching it moving forward. Because we're down to like one game a night now. Uh, leadership is an important thing. And actually, I saw this. Tom Gazzola, who worked for the Oilers for a number of years uh, on, as a web reporter, a terrific guy, uh, retweeted this uh, piece, a clip from Zidane Chara, which I think speaks volumes of uh, today's leadership. It, age, age doesn't really separate, um, you know, the conversations or personalities. I think that... You know, I've been saying that for a long time. We are treating everybody the same way, uh, no matter if he's 18 or 40 or or somebody has 1,000 games or playing his first game. We, we treat each other with respect and and same way as everybody else in the locker room. Um, I said it many times, uh, you know, since very young age, I didn't like the separation between... Um, you know, inside a team between young players and older players, players who accomplish something, players who just, you know, come into the league. Um, and I don't like to use the word rookie. Um, you know, there are teammates, and you know, um, yeah, I just, I just don't, don't like to separate. You know, like I, I don't think that's that's the right thing to do. I think that, you know, once you're a team, you're a team, and and regardless of the age or or accomplishments, you know, we. We have to treat treat each other with respect and in the same way. All right, that's Sineno Chara, the captain of the Boston Bruins. I dealt with a couple different teams at the university. One, I will tell you, the first 
the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth-year players all helped load and unload the bus. Okay? Another team would sit and watch, one year I recall, four female trainers and six first-year players load and unload the bus. The team that consistently won on a year-by-year basis was the team where everybody pitched in and chipped in because they treated everybody the same with respect and dignity. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back in studio, Al Hamilton. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.